0: I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors, by actors, brought to you by BookIt.
1: god oh, tommy's heaven. mr
0: giggles today tommy oh. how are you yeah i'm good i'm good i'm good it's monday um and that's all i have all
1: <laughs> great hot. thank you awesome and, shane uh, this was we'll awesome and uh Thanks, great.
2: Bye. best interview ever
1: All right, we're very excited to meet our guest this week. He's an actor, comedian, and a filmmaker. You've seen him on such shows as Jimmy Kimmel Live, Disney's Stuck in the Middle, Graceland, The Inbetweeners, and the film Rock of Ages. And you can currently see him as the recurring character Maddox on ABC's Station 19. Please welcome to the show, Shane Hartline.
0: Yay! We're doing it! What's up, Shane? Yay! Guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us. For those of, of you at home, Shane is donning uh, a man's cap with Alaska on the top. He's got a denim yeah. shirt. He looks like a rugged man. He looks like he's been outside for a, a long time, herding cattle or something wonderful. Is Canada well, cold this time of year?
2: <laughs> um, I assume. No, this is a, kind of my way to feel like um, that I do go outside and do stuff. Um, but truthfully, I stay inside 99% of the time.
0: See, I, I, I was wearing the same exact thing that you were. We picked up my uh, brother's daughter, sister in law, future sister in law, never met before. But my wife says, well, just look out for Tommy. He's in a red Toyota, and he looks like a lumberjack cop. <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> that's a good a panel, look. And that's just that's my. But type the thing of is, that. is if you have that look, you just go. You got to lean into it. I think if you have that look, it's you don't have a choice. It's just that, you legally have to lean into it. It's illegally. legally. It's legally mug of legally. coffee all the time. Just a yeah.
1: slow yeah. sip mug of coffee. If there's nothing in the cup. It's have Folgers. too. Oh, no, it's no 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 real yeah.
0: manly Folgers. Mm-hmm. Throw a little barbed wire in there, rusty barbed wire. For I don't even taste. Think,
2: I was such a late adopter to coffee. I don't think I even did the Folgers Same. ease into it. I just went straight to like just way,
0: way harder stuff. But yeah, harder stuff yeah. like the macchiatos. Yeah, right. No, yeah. <laughs> Shane, where in the hell are you?
2: Uh, I'm in Los Angeles currently. Um, I, d- I did uh, a r- risky, but I did Florida for Christmas. Um, you know, everything's always a risk it,
0: no matter when, huh?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I was born in Florida and I, you know, I try as much as possible to remain proud of that. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I love it. Um,
0: it, no, it, you I, know, I, I it's, too. I'm from Indiana. I get the same stuff. People are like, so the KKK, huh? I'm like, it's like a, there's like, yeah, that's
2: not the whole state Let like that. Know. You know, we're not all defined by the the crazy people. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> But, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, Christmas was a bit more stressful than usual. Just, you know, trying to avoid COVID and, and you know, I can't canceling plans. It's, it's like we got off the plane and everything started changing with the, with the spikes and everything. Not the head in that direction on this podcast, but, you know, it's, it's what's
0: happening and it's stressful. And now I think there's a new um, variant. There was Omicron, there was Delta, and now there's a new one. I think- awesome. Awesome. We should just call it Del- <laughs> Delta Omicron. My brother I saying. think it's keep, called
1: Delta Cron. Delta It I mean, sounds like a fucking transformer.
0: Exactly. It's it's
1: really a movie franchise,
2: you know, at this point, you know. Oh my god. Anything speaking of a, which, a side topic we should talk about at some point is the new Matrix. I have very strong feelings about it. Um oh. I just saw it the other day. Dude, what do you think? In a nutshell.
0: I already know. I already know. I'm seeing Adam's face. He hated it.
2: Do you want to just do it with our facial expressions? Like just, no, I, just give, I, just do, just do a facial expression. So we're not saying,
0: mm. Oh yeah. It's, he went wonky, he went sideways. and I'm going to just open, go. Ones closed. Yeah.
1: I love, hated it.
0: Did you I love, love hated it? it?
1: Really? Yeah. Because I, I love two and three. Also, I know one is a perfect film. It's spectacular. Too. It ages perfectly. It's just, it's a kind of a one in a million film that is still being copied to this day. Two and three, I understand why people fucking hated them. I still love them. I just love that world. Same. And I thought this one, you know, Lana on her own directing it. Um I just kind of appreciated how like balls to the wall on the nose, like very meta it was. I was like because the Matrix is a world where you're like, you can do that. I don't know. It was. Yeah. I don't know. I I, hear I don't know.
0: you. I hear you. Shane has different thoughts. Shane. There
1: was nothing new in it, though. Like, but I mean, they also talk about that in the movie. Like, how do you yeah. top making up something that is still copied to the state? It's just wild. Yeah, you know, and tough. like the action was fine. I didn't like love the action, but I thought it was fine.
2: Yeah. Nah. I I don't know. I have so many so many thoughts and opinions. It's hard when. And I don't know if this should happen, but it was one of the first movies that I can remember seeing that after it, I had to go on YouTube and watch explaining to me what the movie (laughs) was. Like, what did I just see? I need to watch explanation videos of what I saw. Like, that should happen. too much for me, man. It's too too much. much. You're supposed to. It's not supposed to be like that after you leave a movie, you know, like. You don't need I'm another already
0: spending like I'm already spending 40 minutes on like lighting and like oh interesting like how they did that camera movement and then I've lost the whole half of the mm. movie so I already have to rewatch. It. Do you but watch wanna... movies like that? Do you do, is it's it terrible. hard for you? My wife hates I it.
1: have um I when I watch movies it's like you know that meme of the girl with the woman with all the like equations. Yep. Yep. That's Einstein? Yep. Cuz I'm going I'm hyper aware of the score the costumes, the cinematography, right. the sound, and design, then if you know the story, the camera, the lenses, the you know,
0: you know what the the scene is going to be just based on the the formula. Oh, but of no, but the thing
1: is, none of that interferes. I'm just processing all of mm-hmm. it simultaneously. Right, right, right. You, yeah. So it's not like it's not like that. One of those things takes away from the rest of it. I'm just like computing all that information.
2: I I had two thoughts popped in my head. Like as a, when I'm watching movies or anything right now, the only time that I get taken out of it is if I'm seeing a part that I wish I was be, uh, playing. I'm like, God dang it. I would. I, and then it's like, and then it becomes this whole trail of a thought process of like, man, I didn't get that audition or it goes in the other direction of like, well, shoot, could I have nailed this part? Like they're, they're nailing it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> then, and then it comes into this whole self doubt train but uh oh. it's it's funny like t- you know you're like watching- i hated
1: that movie because that one fucking character i know that blah, 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 and everyone's like yeah it, it, it's something i think
2: it's <laughs> as actors or any profession if you're watching the same thing that you're doing other people doing it it's going to happen like i it's funny like not to go on to go on another change, but uh I used to be a professional wrestler before I was an actor, so I can't watch wrestling now without seeing the smoke and mirrors of how everything's happening. I still enjoy it to an extent, but not. It was almost like the moment that I took the red pill for wrestling, you see everything (laughs) differently. It's the same thing with acting. I think the moment we take the red pill and either take that first acting class on that first audition, we see it completely different.
0: Yep, we see the we inner gears, it right? It's sort of like the wizard. You see him behind, you're like, oh, it's not a big thing. It's like it's just a dude. Look and, at and how that kinda, tangent of the matrix kind of connected into I love into, the segue. Man,
2: it's beautiful. We're that. making art here. We're making art. We really are, Shane. We really are. Let's get started. <laughs> but
1: let's get back to you. Story. We're here for yeah, you, yeah, you come Shane. Sure, this whatever. is your
0: episode. I don't care. You're um, from the great you- state of sunny Florida, where nothing weird yep. happens and no headlines are, are made. Never.
1: No so go men ahead. in
0: Florida ever. Um, Growing uh, up, what was, um you know, when when
1: did you get the bugger? You just mentioned wrestling. Was that something that came first or was it always sort of acting and you got into wrestling? What was your childhood like with the arts and what you do now?
2: Yeah, wrestling was always kind of like intertwined. It was all in kind of like an all-encompassing entertainment interest, I would say, because my dad used to be, like, he he dipped his toe in the professional wrestling industry back in, like, the 80s when it was, like, very different. So I was born into an interest. Like, he was watching it. I would watch it with him. So I have very early memories watching wrestling. And, you know, wrestling to me is, like, it's like a comic book. It's like you're watching a real-life comic book. Yeah. But it was, like, my parents, um, and I I still to this day say that it was uh, my mom she found a very cheap babysitter they let me use their video camera at a very really young age so at like 10 years old i started filming like little sketches and like stop motion videos and just all kinds of things like by myself with my friends but i got such a joy of taking the tapes the vhs tapes and showing my parents showing anybody that came over to the house and just seeing their reactions like And that was all happening at the same time of like this insane interest that I had in watching wrestling, watching Nickelodeon, like entertainment for kids back then was very different. And I wanted to be involved with it in so I wanted to be involved with it so badly, but I, I didn't know how to get into it. It was like really like right before the internet became widely accessible. So we couldn't just like hop on Google and be like, how do I become an actor? Like I'm from a small town. Nobody, there were no actors. There were no people to say, how do you, how did you do it? You know? So my mom, it was, it was always like, mom, I want to be on Nickelodeon. Okay. I'll look in the newspaper. And if I ever see a casting, you know, yeah. and then it ended up being this like frustrated teenager that I used to call universal studios. Cause I lived it so close to it and say, how do I audition to be on the shows And they would, you know, just like hang up on me um, as they should. Uh, But that, that, you know, you know, to jump forward a little bit, I I got involved in wrestling because in Florida, there was at the time, these independent wrestling companies. So around 15 or 16, I started and, you know, before that, I got involved in improv and I was still making videos and stuff. But around 15, 16, started training to become a professional wrestler. And by 17, I was. I was doing it like every weekend and it was funny. Like I always told myself I'm only doing this wrestling thing to be an actor. Like that's the dumbest Mm. shortcut because it's not even a shortcut. Like that is, it's a path. It can happen obviously, Um, but it's not a shortcut. Uh, There is no shortcuts, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That was like my step into entertainment.
0: To an extent though, you know, it is, you can find parallels there in terms of determination and persistence in spite of in uncertainty. Uh, There is performance there's uh, you have to work on yourself and the craft of what that is. that is performing. And it is also physical. Um, You know, there's so many things that you can like tag to, that you can find like the similarities there. I totally see that. It's the same as like uh, radio DJing or, you know, it's all the. I did that when I was a kid and that helped my acting mm-hmm. so much going into college. So absolutely, it's, all, it's anything, anything emceeing a talent show, like all that stuff, it, it fuels and, and it's it all takes down muscle. your nerves. It's all sorts of, you know, when you're in front of all those people at a young age, you start to like that dissipates and then boom, you're a better actor because of it. So it yeah. all fueled you. I'm sure.
2: That's why I'm so against when people are like, you know, if you were to ask the wrong person, I don't know if saying it's the wrong person, but if you're asked a certain person, like, how do I become an actor? And they're like, this is exactly how you have to do it. I'm like, yes, that is a way to do it, but there are many ways to work that muscle, um, to, to work on your craft until luck and
0: opportunity meet, you know, and intersect. Yeah well and it's it's there's as many paths to acting as there are actors and the problem that a lot of actors make i think is they look over the the hedges and see those the green grass over there when that actor is looking over someone else's hedge as well and they're all comparing their path and then when you do that and you fall into the instagram uh you know tunnel uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and you start seeing all your friends booking well you didn't know that they had 3 years of depression and anxiety and drought, you know, you have no idea the iceberg that's below them. And, um, that's the worst thing you can do. And the best thing you can do is just turn a car on and go. And all Mm -hmm. the things that are passing you are, are on your path. And the reason why the other people aren't getting your stuff is because they're on their path, not yours, you know? So, so that's great. So, so from your path set forth and started by this, this, um, Maybe distant cousin of acting. Uh, how did that kind of um, evolve? Uh, you kind of segue out of that and head into something more concrete.
2: Yeah, so I was I was getting pretty, you know, um, I don't want to say deep into wrestling, but I was I was I was heading in a direction where I could see that it was it could become my future. In a sense that the wrestling school that I was training at started hearing some buzz. That the WWE was interested in giving some of us tryouts, and I was included amongst the people that they were interested in. I don't know this did for you sure. Have, did you
0: have a character, Shane? Did you have a, a brand? What it yeah, what was? Yeah, please tell me.
2: So I looked very different, but I was a. I I had shaggy, long, blonde, blonde hair, and I was a surfer character. I was going to say, were you
0: surfer? Awesome. Rip,
2: Rip Malibu. Rip Malibu, and I would oh, my finish my, my finishing movie That was is I would,
1: fantastic. It was pretty fun. Ugh. It was pretty. fun. I, my finishing move is I would. Malib.
2: That sounds would, like a porn name, dude. Exactly. And the, I have a, such a funny story how I got that name, but my finishing move is I would body slam my opponent and I'd surf on them. I'd stand on them and surf on them. Did you do this? Was, Did you do this? Did you do oh, this? Oh yeah! With the, oh yeah! The thumb oh, and yeah. the
0: pinky. Oh, oh yeah. god! I yeah, love of that. Course. Mahalo. Amazing. But no, it was it was a. You I know, I started
2: that. seeing wrestling becoming what. You know, the thing with wrestling is. It is as choreographed and staged as it is, it is very physical. It was, I still have injuries from doing it in my early 20s. We've seen the wrestler with Mickey. It's, and that's a a no, not no joke. That is a very accurate depiction of independent wrestling. It Mm. is a beautiful film. It's the most accurate depiction of wrestling because there's nothing I can't stand more than like people trying to portray wrestling that don't know anything about wrestling. It's always that like '80s Randy Savage like over the top. While well, that was Listen wrestling here, back there. brother, right? Yeah, like I don't know. That's a whole other topic. But um, so I started seeing wrestling becoming what could be my future. Um, in that, like I I was confident in that the buzz I was getting in the local scene with my big over the top character. I was like, at the time, that was exactly what the WWE was looking for. Now, at the same time, I had just joined this new website, YouTube, um, that just opened, Mm. and I was putting comedy on there that was, at the time, getting a lot of attention, and it was blowing my mind, because for years, I would, this was all I was looking for. I was looking for a way to easily put my videos that I had already been doing out to the world, and man, once YouTube happened, it was like my heart or the direction of my heart and my interest just like shifted. And I was like, this is my way into entertainment and it's way easier and a lot more comfortable to break my body, (laughs) a lot less painful, you know? So really it was, it was the, the day that my, my wrestling trainers and people at the school told me that there was an interest in WWE. I was like, okay, I'm out. It was just this, like, I don't want to even dip my toe in that direction. I'm way more in this other direction, you and know, then from wow,
0: Shane. I first I just want to say that uh, everybody's story, it seems, that ends in a success, a relative success, is an evolution from something that they started with. Right at the end, it's this concise and condensed um, uh, version of of what they started with, and it just it flooded down into the ether and then boom, boom you found mm. your thing from pursuing other things you know uh-huh. you, you started here and then it whittled down into this thing and the other thing is when you realize and I've seen this before and it happened to me at second city when you start seeing something that you really feel like that is your path and you've been gunning for this other thing for a while the universe has a way of just as you're just as you're signing your tab out and leaving to say now 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 hold on what about this? And it, mm-hmm. and it has a way of bringing you back in to keep you staying in this thing despite your interest and possibly an opportunity that's fearsome, that's uh, uh, uncertain, and you don't really know. But it's that test. And what I'm talking about is the test. And for you, you passed it where you were like, no, I'm not going to – I know that this is my other chance to stay in another five years. But I found something else, and I'm not going to be tempted to stay in the safe little bubble that I was – and you ventured out. And so mm. I mean I think that was the, the first uh passing of a test for you of many tests I'm sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean I think that everybody it ends up where they're supposed to be eventually and and I don't I'm not the type to say that had I gone the wrestling route I would never become an actor. I just think it would have been a, a the path would have been insanely different. Oh. Um Um, but yeah, it was then after at that, that I just like doubled down on YouTube and, you know, hindsight, high
1: school, are you in college? I'm just in college,
2: like just in college. Um, and college, I went to my local college because my parents, you know, made me, I was, I'm never going to use my degree, you know, like for anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just started double, doubling down on YouTube and like had, And for me at the time, doubling down was just like, you know, that was what all my interest was in and had a hindsight. I wish I had tripled down because of what I I mean. We had no idea what YouTube would become and turn into, but it was crazy because at the time, like I said, there was not a lot of comedy on YouTube, so we were getting interest like we got calls from like the tonight show was about to bring us on for like a spotlight of like. YouTube is this new thing. These are, people are doing comedy on YouTube. Like, um, and we got like involved with a pilot that was going to happen and all these things we were getting like reached out to. And I got my first agent because of it, which, you know, literally led Jeez. to commercials and, and, and bookings. And that's literally how I got into acting was YouTube
1: hundred percent. And you're this whole time you're still in Florida. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And, uh, did you get your SAG card through this work? So
2: so I the when I moved out here, it was ten almost 10 years ago. Uh, I, 10 years ago, this past, past October. So I booked the film Rock of Ages in Florida, um, which was a month of work. It was just such a life-changing experience. I it was the first thing I'd booked, truthfully. Like and did you get I'd done that a commercial or two. That
0: mm-hmm. was local. So you were locally, yeah. you got that somehow by by kind of being at the right place.
2: Yeah, yeah. And and right place, right time. And, um, it was crazy. Cause like I auditioned for one part. It's, you know, the story you hear all the time is like, I auditioned for one part, oh, yeah. got a callback for two other parts. I was then invited <laughs> to the table read. still hadn't booked anything. The most terrifying, but cool experience
1: of my life. I'm sitting next to that is weird. You're this room of a list and you're like, I don't even dude, know you- that I'm working on this. Even
2: crazier is <laughs> oh, like, yeah, God, it was, God. it was literally like they invited, uh, all the A-list actors, but then like three no name actors me and, and a part of those no names to read all the bit parts. So which was a great sign my agents were like they must like you. I'm like okay um, but it was next to me Paul Giamatti, Alec Baldwin, Russell Brand, yeah. Brian Cranston, Tom C- it was whatever. Too it was too much for me and like just about a nervous breakdown. And then I'm just reading scenes with all these people, like thinking I'm blowing it the whole time. And then the casting director comes up to me at the end and is like, I think the director wants to go in a different direction. I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm, yeah, I I'm I awful. suck. Yeah. I blew it. Um, <laughs> but no, they gave me a better part as Jimmy, the bartender. Um, and that was literally the thing. We that changed have my life. so
1: many stories like this on the show and they yeah. never cease to blow my mind how how you think you're going for one thing in whatever way it doesn't work out and then on that same project you get something later that's way bigger and is so much more for that actor than the original thing that they were like fuck I didn't get this I wanted this so bad and then later something even bigger happened that you know you don't imagine those things you're in the like now of well fuck i didn't get that i think the thing then, like it's incredible yeah i think
2: there's a recurring theme in that like we can't we can't plan too much or for anything like you just have to like be i
1: ready. think
2: you just have to be ready for the opportunity to line up and you know um but yeah that was the thing that literally like changed my life i worked a month and i was i was like well if i just stay here i'm going to waste all this money on dumb shit and so <laughs> um it's crazy how things line up because like a month before that my buddy Peter Murphy reached out and was like I kind of want to move to California I'm like okay let me I've been thinking about it let me just save some money and then that just happened and I like called him on set and I'm like all right let's go because like I have to this is like a sign and then he him and I moved out here a couple months after and that that's when I joined SAG and you know my Los wow. Angeles It's like shit. Became,
1: with that credit is like, it did help. Why it did help. would you I'm, go to LA? You know what I mean? Like, let me, yeah. Ask it,
0: Shane, things stopped right when you got here, right? Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So Welcome what, to what, Broadway. uh,
0: you know, what's funny about that
2: is like <laughs> at the time, you know, always hindsight, I probably should have stayed in the Southeast market a bit because of that momentum and, and how the Southeast market was taken off a bit. Well,
1: 10 years ago, Georgia was like, on. it was, I was right. It was right before. And,
2: yep. and had I stayed there with that momentum, who knows what would happen. But, you know, I, I came out here thinking because I, I had become kind of a bigger fish in that small pond that I was going to be the. it was, the momentum was just going to continue out here and, and didn't exactly happen like that. Um, Um, but I think that that's, you know, you're coming to the ocean, you know, I'm a minnow in the ocean and it takes a bit to learn how to swim out here. You know, it really does. It's just a different beast.
1: And we say so many times on this show, you know, when you go to a new market, there is that time period where people literally don't know your face. So it's just that, you know, repetition of going to offices that keep bringing you in and planting those seeds. And, you know, whether you book it or not, just show up, do good work and hope to God that even though you may not have gotten the role, they want to keep bringing you in and that they're rooting for you, especially when you're in a new market. And, you know, they see thousands of faces to bring in. And if they just don't know you yet and it's not like, oh, Got to bring Shane in. He's so reliable. We love his work. He's been turning it out for two years. We haven't gotten him in anything, but maybe this will be the one. And, you know, that takes time.
2: Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's been a 10 year journey for me out here in Los Angeles. Like truthfully, like I, you know, I nothing, it's not, I'm not sitting here saying nothing happened in those 10 years. Like I was very fortunate and had commercials and put on shows and, and it's a process. I grew, I, I, I worked that muscle. And then it was really this, this past year um, that I'm seeing things, you know, changing in the right direction that i have always been dreaming of. And, and, um, but it's one of those things, like I said, it's always the like you get all we have control over is so little. But but what you do have control over, you just have to really double down on it and like taking classes, putting on shows when you can, uh, making content if that's something that interests you, whatever it is to work that muscle. So when the opportunity and luck kind yeah. of intersects with that, like you're ready, you know, because I've. I was early in my career out here when I came out here from the buzz of rock and Ages, like you said, I, I did have things present itself, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't really ready for like pilots and, and things that were, and these big reps that I was lucky to get with. And, um, I just wasn't ready for it. I, of course we always think we're ready, but then you look back and you're like, (laughs) what was I thinking? Like, (laughs) um, but no it's it's cool man like and literally last April I was about to quit like I was about to quit the industry like yeah, I, you know man. I think I think we all go through those feelings like well, well and
0: in about ten oh years goodness. in Shane, you talk about that decade and I think there's something really too at the ten thousand hours because mm-hmm. that's enough time to have a little bit of a success uh have a lot of pro like droughts and issues and all sorts of stuff go wrong so that'll humble you a little success to kind of uh, give you a little credibility and validate yourself. Um, and, and, you know, you reach that point where you've, you're now looking at it in a completely different way with these new glasses. You've been here for a little bit and you know, now the business, you know, what's working, you know, what's not working because you've done it for 10 years. And then you also are getting to an age where you say, what's the most important thing? my happiness, my comfort, my peace, and these things that are really hard to come by as an actor. And so you have two, que- two, um, two choices, and it's either to to carry on uh, and and make changes or abandon ship, you know? And mm. and I think actors come to that uh, road many, many, many times. And I was happy to hear that because there were times where I could not envision success. I could not envision the next year. I couldn't envision being successful in the room anymore because I hit this mm. wall. But what I didn't realize was that 10 years, I think what happens is you get hit with, the temptation to quit or the option to continue and make this really a thing because the first 10 years are awesome. It's just trial and error and it's figuring things out and it's exciting. And then you get to the point where you're like, well, I don't have a 401k here. I'm 30 something Mm -hmm. and I want to have a family or I want to do these things, you know, um, but you know, you, um, you press on and then there's what I call and what I feel it's called the clearing where you sought answers. You kept going. You just kind of stuck down put your head down and just kept going and certain number of mm-hmm. answers are or questions are answered and and like the clearing it's sort of like you just see it it all makes sense in a different perspective on how to memorize lines your mentality, your emotions uh, money money was a huge problem in the first 10 years I'm sure for a lot of people. So all that mm. stuff kind of funnels into this am I really gonna do this thing? I, am I really good enough? should I just get out of here and start another thing? but for the people who are supposed to be here who have that thing inside of them, um, like you, you know, this isn't just for the victories and the carpets and the IMDB and the money and stuff. It's for, it's for you to wake up and say, this is what I want to do. It's what Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do. And I'm doing it, whether it's rainy or sunny, cold, warm, good day, bad day, booking, no booking lost a (coughs) huge six figure booking. I'm here for the, for the long haul. And that 10 year line is your like nail in the coffin of like, yes, I'm here. And I'm really going to do this. Working actors deserve affordable and convenient coaching. That's why we created BookIt, America's fastest-growing one-on-one remote acting coach service, all from your device. We're not just coaches. We're working actors, too. From Broadway and voiceover animation to TV, film, and commercial, real actor coaching from real actors, catered especially to you and your path. Anytime, anywhere, we're here to train you, to guide you, to prepare you to book it. For more information, visit workingactorpro.com/slash book it.
2: And I think that when you, you know, if anybody listening is these moments are gonna happen when you feel like, you know, what am I doing this for? You know, I think that the most important thing to realize, and 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 Tommy, you brought it up earlier, is what what causes, I think there's always a thing that ca- triggers those feelings and for me and i think many it's stupid pardon my french fucking social media like what triggered me in that moment was seeing literally a friend who i want to succeed had booked something and it just it it was like an avalanche of thoughts like you you know you start dissecting everything how long it's been since something's happened for you and
0: self pity and yeah, all the all things.
2: That. And I think that um, it's important to like, when you feel yourself feeling those things, like tr- as, as hard as it is to stop and be like, okay, what triggered this? And then back back pedal and be like, no, no, no. I, and, and it's, and it, to, for me personally, it's never that I don't want my friends to succeed. Uh, it's never that it's that, it's what that triggers. And then like, you have to, I feel like reverse engineer the feeling a bit of like, go back and like, okay, I'm good. I'm still here. Everything's fine, you know, but it's so easy to be triggered by seeing other people's successes. And why is that? You know, why, why? Cause did we do that before social media?
0: Well, when, I think that that um, when we see success, we've never seen it thrown in our face so hard, so clearly, so boom. This is where I am. I'm on a. I'm at a big thing. I'm doing something big, uh-huh. and meanwhile, I'm like, you know, cleaning up glasses of wine for some asshole's private party or something for twenty dollars an hour. You know, that's um, it. And you you see it. You see these people doing the things that you want to do. But I think what it comes down to is. We have to let go of the fact that we think acting is going to fulfill us or make us really happy. It's so unreliable and, and something so important. We've said this is happiness. It shouldn't be reliant upon a booking or whatever. And, you know, also a lot of people who book and, and, and a lot of people who share all that stuff, there's a real, real big deficiency in their self of worth. I'll, sometimes I just won't post anything because it's like, I don't need to tell people what I'm doing. I, I'm a prof- mm. Does my dad say I gave some medicine to a sick kid? It's like, yeah, cause you're a pediatrician. You did your mm. job. Congratulations. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of those people, some of them is bullshit and some of it is look at me and it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not becoming. And, and it is really sometimes a way for <laughs> other people to feel deficient And so I don't think that that's weird. I think that everybody feels that way, but we also have to remember like everybody has their time. And I've got a buddy who was on the Disney channel since day one, and you know what? He hasn't had a hard day in his life as far as money or like the real struggle goes. And I'm sorry to say, but like my friends who have really struggled, they have this character and they have this integrity and they have this huge, huge understanding of this whole business and not just the booking, but in the struggle too, and how important Uh it is. And that fuels their character and makes them a stronger and better actor. Um, So those people who are booking now, they might not be booking in four years or five years. I'd rather not book for 10 and hit it after like really, really putting in my time and being a real Mm. good actor. That's going to stay here for 40 years.
1: For sure. And that hustle is just what, you know, defines your character and your your what makes you humble eventually. So when it is Mm. your turn to play, you go, I have been waiting so long. Remember all those years when I could barely and nobody can say that I didn't work for it. Yeah. The the
0: thing is but it it makes
1: it so much it makes the victory so much sweeter sweeter. because you've tasted that that bitterness for so long that you go, I knew mm-hmm. it was going to happen. Didn't know when, obviously no one ever knows when, but it's finally my turn. Okay. You know, as opposed to just, Oh yeah, just right out the gate and I got this and blah, blah, blah. blah and it's like, you know, that hustle makes, you know, I you think
2: that that's what, to uh, uh, yeah. and to kind of, um, on a similar subject, like if a thing that's tough with what we do is those victories, are usually so few and far between with bookings, you know? And so when they do happen, it's just like this burst of, of emotion and, and yes, things are working. And then you, it's, it's nine times out of 10, it's a day of work. And then it's just like, And I think if we went into bookings, like I, you know, with a little bit more healthy mental approach of like literally scientifically, we have the boosts of, um, uh, what is it? the serotonin, serotonin? serotonin. Yeah. who's the serotonin, so we know that there has to be a crash after, and that's literally what happens like for actors after a day of work is you know, so it's like I think that that's one of the hardest things of of working as an actor is like is is dealing with our emotions and you know, fortunate, like I'm, I'm so grateful right now with station 19, which is a whole crazy story in itself, but like the work has been consistent and I'm just trying to keep myself as present as possible to not have two highs or two lows, but just like a healthy baseline so that I can also deliver for the show. Um, but it is hard because it's like, Dude, this is, I'm just, I'm so excited all the time. And this is all that I've been working for. And like, I'm, and, um, and because I have experienced those like single days of just like high boost and then months of nothing, you know?
1: Or a year. But it is one of those things yeah. like they shouldn't be ignored, though, you know, because it's like Shane, you and me, we moved in opposite ways across the country to go do what we want to do. And even though it's one day, I think to myself, how many people got submitted? How many people seen? Dude, exactly. And then it was me. So even if it's one day, I'm like, I moved across country and I told every single person that I know I'm moving to New York City to do this. I haven't given up yet. And in a few months, I'm going to be on fucking TV. Yeah. And that never gets old. I don't care yeah. if it's one day because I'm like, no, I'm, I'm doing No, I'm not sitting it. here discrediting like oh, one day of No, work. I know. I'm, I'm just saying it's, saying it's still like it never gets old to me. <laughs> I'm still oh, like, dude, oh, dude, my God. Even if it is sure. a day, it's just I like, just fuck, I gave up everything. And today I get to be a professionally paid actor and I'm going to be on TV. And I know tomorrow that won't be my job, but <sighs> – I think what, I think the point I was you know? trying to make is wh- because as actors, like, and
2: even my girlfriend recently booked an amazing part on a show. And then a few weeks after she was like, nothing, noth- what's going on. I- I'm And I, and I try to be like, babe, you just did something so amazing. And I've been in the same position where it's like, just yeah. did something crazy. And like within weeks after it's like, it's always triggered by social media. You see something that triggers a thought and then it's like, Oh, nothing's happening for me. If why can't we hold on to that recent victory? Yeah. You know, like, yeah.
1: and it's like, it hasn't even come out yet. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know, well, I
2: I think you it and it's on you your know. resume.
0: We're but like, that that was, I know. That's why that we was we my know. point. Go ahead. Go ahead. Me. Go ahead. You go, you go, you I was going to
2: say, I think that was my point is like trying to go, when we go into bookings, having a bit of healthier of like understanding of these, like, hills and valleys with our literal chemistry. So we don't have those dips of depression after, like I had one of the worst ones. And like, you know, some people might hear me and say, you know, fuck you, Shane, like you're, you're working right now. But like just speaking like my truth. So like when station 19 started, it wasn't supposed to be what it's turned into. Like it's turned into this like beautiful, recurring blessing is like, I like to say, but like at the beginning, it was like maybe an episode or two. So during that, I mean, anybody that knows me knows that Saturday night live is always been something I've been working for. So this year I got the call that I've been manifesting for years. We want to fly you out for an audition. This was right in the middle of station 19. So literally I called my agent and I was like, look, I don't care what happens. You have to tell them. I can't I'm I'm I got to go to New York like I got to audition for SNL like you have to and so I did it and I've never I learned so much about my anxiety and my emotions like because I was on such a high of everything and then after was when I you know started hearing rumblings that they're bringing back other people for screen tests and and I didn't get invited to that I sunk into another deep depression in the midst of the beginning of this station 19 thing that I s- still had here. And it was this battle in my head of like, you selfish fuck. Like you right. have this gift <laughs> waiting for you here, but it's undeniable to not feel still feel like these feelings about something you've worked so hard for and you've dreamed f- of. And you know, so man, this isn't industry, it wild.
1: What our brains do to each other, yeah. oh my God, do to ourselves when it's like you're succeeding and that's like your wildest dreams, but it's not that thing. And you, you know, and then, it's it, like,
2: it, then you dive into a deeper, like discussion within yourself and a dissection of like, um, what, you know, why is SNL so important to me? What is like, break it down. Is it just that you want to perform on a stage? Cause you're already doing that. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, this, I, I, you learn a lot about yourself in those moments. Like, and oh, of course.
0: Yeah. And, and acting is not about the how hard it is that this the struggle or the, the difficulty of acting isn't like, you know, getting 24 pages in a day or like, you know, getting emotional right the right moment or all that stuff that like it's about having that carrot right in front of you a carrot that you have dreamed about, exactly this type of carrot, and it's literally knocking on my door, and I have this opportunity to make that happen. And actors have to, most of the time, deal with, I had it right in front of me, and I didn't get it. And they think, they make the mistake that they did something wrong, when really it went to the person that it was supposed to go to. So humanly, it's really hard for us to accept that something was, was um, knocked on our door. For me, it was SNL, Blue Man Group, and Stump. Those three things, as an 18-year-old Tommy, I wanted to do. And I got to audition for all of those. And I Mm -hmm. didn't get any of them. Totally fine. Because you know what? I don't want to read off of a cue card every Friday. I want to do indies, and I want to do all sorts of stuff. And I don't want to just, like, bang on a trash can, and I don't want to be covered in blue. I guess it's not something (laughs) for me, and that's perfectly (laughs) Mm -hmm. fine. It's Mm -hmm. really hard for a human being to get the knock and then accept that the knock was just the knock. And that's all it was. It was actually a thing to take away that dream. And for you to focus on the thing that you were supposed to do, you thought that SNL was your thing. You thought it because it was in your heart and your head for so many years, but that was just in your heart and your head. There were so many other things that the world and your destiny wanted for you that SNL just was not. And for you, for Shane, it's so hard for you to say a no of something I really, really wanted and the, the stats of getting into that room and I didn't get it. But really, it's not about like the, what did I do wrong? It's more like, oh, that's just one box that's checked off that I'm not going to do. I don't have to focus on that anymore. I don't have to go to any more Blue Man auditions. No more stomp. No more like the Second City Sketch thing because it's taking me somewhere else. And I've got to be okay with that. That acceptance is just another long list of things that you'll get like humility and character and all that stuff in acting. And when we say the hardest part of acting is losing those losing quote unquote the carrot when really it's not anything we lost. It was just we were just one of the options that they just didn't take. Totally well, and, cool. and the
2: truth is, is the carrot being presented to you is a victory in itself, you know, that we have to. That's the yeah, hardest thing to exactly. understand. I mean, how do you, you can explain say that, that
0: to an actor, Shane? How do you say
2: I'm saying back, it that and that I'll, I'll never doing, fully you know? I'll never fully <laughs> feel it. Like I'm saying it, but it doesn't mean that I'm like, Oh yeah, that's exactly how I feel. No, I want, I wanted SNL. Right. I still want it. I'll probably send a God dang another tape this year. But like I do, I'm sitting here saying, I know the facts of SNL, every audition, like you said, thousands of people are submitting to everything that we go for. When you get even called in the room, it should be treated as a victory. Why can't we always be there?
0: Yeah. Like it's tough. Because we're insatiable yeah. and we think that the enacting gig is going to make us happy when really it's just <laughs> – this is just part of the business. Part of it is losing or not having it go our way, and it's really hard for a human being to to accept something that just doesn't go their way when it was so close. Um, we think that it was our fault, but it, it's certainly not. So let's talk about Station 19, Adam, real yeah. quick before we move on. Well, hang How on.
1: Did, Be- before, we get, before we get into Station 19 – Shane, you were just saying about live performance for years during your like your hustle years, you did a ton of live shows Mm -hmm. um and comedy stuff. Can you tell us about all of that? Your was it the Shane Hartline and hopefully Chris Chris Pratt Pratt show? Hopefully Chris Pratt,
2: Shane Hartline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I miss putting up stage shows so much. And it was funny. Like recently I was I'm I'm toying with the idea of doing something again, but it's like I feel like every time I start to covid numbers start spiking again and i'm just like oh god dang it you know but yeah yeah, for years i was you know i was doing the improv thing i took classes at you know everywhere i could take out here and then in 2015 i put up what i thought was going to be a one-off show at io called the hopefully chris pratt and shane Harlan show it was literally just because i was so sick of people telling me like oh my god you look like chris pratt you gotta do an impression or something and So I was like, I I had this idea of like, I'm going to do like basically a mix of a variety show and a publicity stunt of literally trying to get him to just come to my show and what I would do with him when he got there. I have no idea, but like, I was just trying to get Chris Pratt to come be in the show, show up. Like that was the whole bit. And the theater, like we were really balls to the wall and it got a lot of fun, like a little like local attention that the theater was just like just do this every month. And then that then opened my mind to like, Oh, I have a, like this whole sandbox. I can do whatever I want with. And we literally anything that you could do in that theater space. I know you guys are familiar with IO. It's like the balcony, like all the fun stuff. We did everything we could. We, we experimented. Like I jumped off. I was the only person that ever jumped off the balcony and off the stage and all these crazy things. Um, but like we experimented with having the audience sit on the stage and we performed where the crowd was. Like I really just like every show was like, let's just do whatever we can do different. And like we, we did 20 shows when we probably should have only done about 10 and Whoa. he ended up and, Pratt and how many up,
1: years was this that you did two about two. Oh, two okay. Years. Wow. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. So we did about two years of shows and Pratt actually sent a video and, um, because like long story short, a buddy of mine for months had been, you know, telling me like, Oh, I go to yoga with Chris Pratt. If I see him, I'll, I'll, I'll get him to come to show. I'm like, okay, buddy. You know, that's like the
1: most LA thing you can that's hear, right? The like, most LA thing that somebody
2: could say. So you just like let it go one ear and out the other drops. And then one morning, which was the day of like our seventh, maybe our seventh show, something like that. I wake up to a phone call from him and he's like, dude, I'm at yoga. Pratt's here. I'm going to talk to him. I'm like, okay, yeah, do that. Oh, he calls God. me back. He calls me back like five minutes later, just so amped up. And he's like, dude, Pratt knows about your show. He's in town. He's going to be in town tonight. He's going to come. And I'm like, no, holy shit. So my brain is just like, literally like this could be like one of the biggest thing that's ever happened in my career. And I didn't tell any of the cast. Like I didn't tell any of the cast other than the dude I produced the show with just so he would know. Right. We get to the show. Just the fact that he
1: knows what the show is. I mean, what a cool fucking, whether he comes or not, just the fact that we're doing this thing and it's one of the biggest stars on the kind of insane, I kind of want it to happen, but it's also like a joke. You know what I mean? And then for him to like, Oh yeah, I've heard of that. I mean, that is fucking mind blowing. What what's funny about it is wherever. throughout
2: the throughout the whole period of the show, everyone's I would always get like tweets and messages like, "We believe in you, buddy. He's gonna come." And I just want to be like, <laughs> I don't really care. This is just the theme of the show. It's a bit. Uh, yeah. It's a yeah, bit. it turned into a th- yeah yeah. It yeah, and then so we get to the show that night. We're doing a rehearsal outside. And my buddy comes up to me who spoke to Pratt that day and he's holding out his phone and Pratt is FaceTiming him. Like, and he's like, what should I do? What should I do? I was like, um, cause I apparently he texted him and said last minute couldn't make it, but he wants to FaceTime the show. And I'm like, okay, tell him if he can to text you a video, which in the moment was like, I still am like, I pat myself on the back. It was like the most genius move in the moment. Cause I was like, I knew if I have a video, I can use it yeah. forever. I can use oh, it forever. Yeah. And so didn't tell anybody. And he has and then, to say
1: my name. He has to say my name. I didn't say that, but he, uh. l-
2: luckily he did, which was really cool. But at the end of the show, we played it, and the theater just went apeshit. It was one of those, like, such a special moment because, like, it, everybody was in shock. They were just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, BuzzFeed did a story on
0: it. Um, it was really cool it was really and cool. And you created that out of thin air, Shane. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And was, that's all this business man. is, man. Is is you're just you're just you know, putting things out there and and at the end of your career, it's just the amount of things that actually fell through, that actually when it went went through, that's mm-hmm. your career, right? Everything else is like, "Yeah, yeah, you tried." Think of like Tom Hanks or somebody and all the movies that we know them from. What about like the 50 or 100 or 200 movies that they just it didn't never got made or they yeah. never got it or went to somebody all the
2: else. indies and things yeah, that yeah, or the bands with songs that we is. all
0: know, whatever. Right.
2: Yeah. And to me, I've always looked at you know, performing of any type, whether it's improv, stand up, or putting up weird shows like I did. It's just like I said, working a muscle, working the muscle, um, so that when I get an opportunity like station 19 and they're like, Hey, do some
1: improv, I'm ready. Like I, I'm ready for that. Right. And
0: yeah. um, So So let's jump
1: ahead. How did that come to fruition? What was that initial call and audition process like for station 19?
2: Truthfully, man, it was very simple. It was a one line audition. And that's (laughs) why I will say this.
0: That's
2: (laughs) why I'll say this. Never. You know, some of us get to the point where we're like, no more co-star auditions. You never know what they can turn into like there was a part of me almost that like, cause I'm, I'm never to the point where there, but there are some times where it's like one liners or just featured actor, no lines. Like, I'm just like, you know, that's not what we want, but like, there was a part of me that's like, okay, one line, whatever I put, you know, I just, ha- I literally just had goofy fun with the audition. Like the audition was at this, it was at a dinner table. We're all eating dinner. So I'm like, I'm going to make a weird choice that they're either going to love or they're going to hate. I shoved my mouth with apple. Like I chewed up a bunch of apple and shoved my mouth with apple. And I said my whole, and I don't advise this cause it could go, it could have gone South, but I said my whole line just full of food, mouthful of food, which actually lent to the character they were looking for. Cause they were looking for like a pompous asshole, you know, obnoxious douchebag guy And I guess it worked. And I was, you know, definitely one, one episode for sure, maybe two, maybe three. And I've, I've done seven so far, you know, so it's like, you know, and that's why I'll say is never, you know, discredit or immediately turn down those co-stars. You never know what they can turn into. Um, And then when you get that opportunity, like just, just show up and, and, and Give as much of yourself as you can, you know, like that's what I've really tried to do with this is not only on set, like just, you know, it goes without saying we should never complain, but just show up and be the hardest worker in the room, be the first person to set, give as much as you can. But also what I've tried to do is give them as much because I already had been doing social media content. So I just integrated doing videos to promote the show as our characters, which has been so fun. And so I want to give as much as I can on my social media as well, which, you know, we don't have to do when we're sign on to things, but I think that that's what I've just wanted to do. And it's, it's, you know, knock on wood,
1: it's still happening, you know? Um, and did you ever hear like, was this because that day you showed up, you had your one line. They were just like, we really like this guy. Cause we talk about no this idea. all the show on the show all the time, the TV and film, bit they are long hours. Yeah. and they want people that are reliable, they're easy to work with and that That's people it. get along with. You ha- it. it's a family mentality, you know, when you're recurring series regular all of that stuff um you know, it's a big family mentality and you're with each other for yeah. months, yeah. for very long a 12-hour day is a the average, you know? Yeah. You can get way totally. up to twenty or you can like have a ten hour day. And it's like, wow, we were in and out today. You know, so it's people want to be around people for that long that they like being around. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. if it was one of those things you showed up, you did your job, and they just liked you. Well, I think that,
2: you know what I've what's been for what I've been fortunate with on station nineteen and you know, we've all been a part of projects where the, either the energy's off or the chemistry's not there. And, and you know, that it is what it is that's going to happen, but I, it's rare, but man, I, I showed up and everybody, we all just connected so quickly. Like it was just the dream scenario. And like with station 19, it's interesting. And there's either easy days or hard days. And what I mean by that is if we're on set, easy, fun, cushy days, if we're on location in the full firefighter turnouts, we're wearing real turnouts and running and going upstairs and hauling equipment. Like those are hard days. So you do develop a bond with the people you're working with. And, and I feel like, you know, we've all are this family and I are, I'm become such close friends with the other cast members already. Um, I do think that that is an important factor because had I shown up and just not mixed well, I probably would have only been there for those two to three episodes. Hey
1: guys, I have my line piece.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so, then that's not to say if it was my energy or someone else's energy i think it's just a lot of just like the flow of the chemistry like you know i think that it's a huge part of it you know you have to it's you have to get along with the people you're working with especially in this industry
0: yeah it's oh, not yeah. just talent you know it it really is like is this somebody that you know it's like a it's like a <clears throat> If you're at a basketball game. It's the best basketball player, but is it somebody that you want to in- invite into your home every single day for hours and hours and hours and hours? It has to be somebody that drives with you, that vibes the same energy in the chemistry. So it's not just like the most talented person. They can get the role maybe, but it has to go to somebody who they're going to like enjoy. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why like to go back to SNL, Lauren Michaels, he always sits down and talks to everybody before he
0: casts
2: anybody. Better. He better. Because he, he wants to know that they're not crazy. Right. You know, just because you're funny doesn't mean that you're not like off the walls bonkers and Actually, like the little opposite.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you're really funny, you could be fucking crazy. You, you might be. <laughs> um, but uh, it's no, not I think...
1: like I want to know that you're not a liability. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a business, you know, you know? it's a business.
1: But Shane, I, I love what you said about like, you never know. So like right now everyone's doing self tapes, you know, in the past it's like, oh, okay. I kind of said I was done with one liners or whatever, but it's like, we're in our home. You can just do it from home and like, why the fuck not? I didn't have any other acting fucking gig show up today. Why don't I just do it? And you never know. I can't tell you how many, how many stories on this show we have had where people had great success on a show and did all these episodes and they started out as one episode. And they were like, I was just so happy to get that. You know, Mm -hmm. we we had Jacob A. Ware on. And, you know, uh, like a year later or whatever, he finds him at the awards as nominee. He didn't know he was going to get those episodes or like a regular for that season. He went in for one episode and they were like, so they actually want to give you another one and then another one and then another one. But like, you never know. Yeah, so why you not? Know what? You know, was, we have enough no's in this fucking business. Why don't you just show up that once and see what the fuck happens? Because remember, what else All-Star, were you doing that day? He was, he was
0: like are del- leaving grieving. And, and he, they said, they said, will you please audition for this thing? He's like, yeah, but I'm going to be out of town. I don't think I can do it. And they're like, well, let's just, just do it. It's like, all right. like He could have easily said, you know what? Another one-liner for the same show that I've auditioned for like five times. I'm good. On to other things. And then he's standing sure. up for the stag Awards, you know?
2: it's in, that's insane. I mean it's happened to a friend of mine and and also the way I look at it is like you know the whole process of self-taping at least for me can sometimes be like just stressful like setting up finding readers doing the whole right. thing. So co-stars are the least stressful <laughs> tapes to do. Why not just do them and and just have I mean, as cliche as it sounds, have fun with it. Make big, bold choices. Like
1: Exactly. Like, why the fuck not? Exactly. And, you know, without, you know, you don't have the associate or director in the room with you, so you don't necessarily have notes. That's why I always send two or three tapes. Why the sure. fuck not? There's not a note that doesn't say not to. And yeah. usually you go in, casting directors that I love, you go in, you do your interpretation of the yep. scene and the character. And then they go, cool. We just wanted to see what you had now. What do you think about? Why don't you do blah, 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 blah. And then they give you notes and they see the adjustment, right? So it's like when I do tapes at home, I'm like, I'm going to do my first one as how I do it. And then the second one, it's what if I took it in this straight just to give them some options because mm-hmm. I'm not going to see these people in real life. Why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. give them two or three that are all different and they go oh shit now we have three. Oh, you know that's
2: good advice though for people listening if you do multiple takes make sure they're different like <laughs> you know i think yeah. a, a you know trap that sometimes we find ourselves is when they do ask for t- multiple takes and then i know sometimes it's easy to slip into your patterns of doing what you've practiced mentally or whatever and then you send them two takes that are like insanely similar i got to imagine casting directors are like what the hell, this is the what am same thing
0: to do with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the same thing. Um, um, Shane, what are, what are a uh, real quick, Shane, you're the, 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 we'd like to ask some uh, advice that you would give to actors coming up, but I, I would actually like to quickly ask before that, what were the biggest kind of mistakes or a big mistake that you would have done kind of differently if you had the opportunity to go back to 21 and start it all again?
2: I think, um, Who I think living maybe too think not being present in a sense that you know after Rock of Ages I I you know literally was like oh this is going to open all the doors I'm thinking too far ahead when I should have just kept myself present and then like all right this was great it's allowed me some financial freedom Uh, let's. Go out there, but get into class, double down on classes. And, 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 and I think that that's a hard part as actors is we, we let our brain, you know, spin in a, sometimes a wild direction, which it's all right. I fully believe in manifesting and projecting and, 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 and visualizing the future you want. But if we let our brain slip too far in certain directions, our expectations can get out of hand. So I think that that managing expectations is what I would say, like, we get a little too
0: excited,
2: factor. but uh, it's hard not to. This industry is exactly. exciting. Like,
0: yeah. And um, and, and also uh, on the same leg of presentness, presentness in your daily life where, I mean, I've been consumed by two to three jobs at a time and working my ass off to the bone, um, you know, really just focusing on just surviving. And then, and then a two or three years goes by and you're like, wow, I, didn't really do anything that would give me life, give my spirit life. I didn't go to upstate or I didn't take a trip or I didn't do these things because I was just so hell bent on taking a double, getting the money, you know, just like stuck in that constant cycle of working for tomorrow, uh, going over your auditions, just constantly working, working, working. And then you find yourself a cynic, you're exhausted, you're burnout you know presentness i totally agree i'd say the same thing and that would be for acting but presentness also in like daily life too mm. you know mm. i would have i've done it i would have done it so differently just to just to look at it as this ten, these 10 years will go by very fast very mm-hmm. fast you know mm. um now what about the things that you would say that actors should kind of follow some suggestions some advice anything that you if you had a sea of new actors out there what would you tell them right now kind of the words to live by.
2: Yeah. I mean, I get uh, like a handful of people occasionally will message me like, how do I get into acting, you know, on social media, they'll message me. And, and I think, I think what I would tell like people is there's no shortcuts. Like that would be the first thing I would say. There is no shortcuts. Things can happen overnight, but it's not usually how things happen. And, and, and I would just say work, work on that muscle. And what I mean by that muscle, it's like it, it's defined as our creative actor muscle. And, and that could be taking improv classes or acting classes. And we're in a very unique time right now, which I think people should take advantage of And that some of the best schools in the country are offering virtual classes and you can take them from anywhere you're at. So don't slip up and miss out on this opportunity. Um, take classes if making content is your thing, I I would suggest it only for the fact that you're getting to, you're getting to act and you're getting to experiment and try new things. Um, when it's safe to do so put up shows, um, but work that muscle and keep your expectations low or (laughs) not low, but keep them manage, manage your expectations is what I should say. And, um, and and do realize there's there's no shortcuts.
1: Amen. Exactly. And Shane, as we're um sort of wrapping up here, I do want to touch on. You are also a filmmaker. I see your uh poster behind mm-hmm. you. You recently yep, yep. directed a short film called Cookie. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about that?
2: Yeah, Cookie is a is a short that um it's it's loosely about. Um, I don't want to say it's my life story, but it's like loosely inspired about my experience because I've had this neurological condition since I was five called spasmodic dysphonia. And basically what happens for people with spasmodic dysphonia, it never affects people the same way, but it affects our speech for most people with severe cases, which fortunately I don't have anymore. It can either it does. One of two things, it either constricts the vocal cords involuntarily Um, So where they can't speak, it's heartbreaking or it either pulls apart the vocal cords involuntarily, making them insanely breathy. For me, it's so faint at this point. I'm so fortunate that I mean, I'm able to still live and work and and, in a career that's so driven by our speech. Um, But Cookie is about uh, a story about a girl Who was born with the same passion that I had of wanting to be an actress. And then she gets this, you know, you literally wake up with it. And, and there's no rhyme or reason as why you get it. Like, I remember I was five and I was in chorus and we were going around doing notes and it came to me and it was like a flip of a switch. My voice was never the same. No, and, and there's scientists, I mean, it's also, there's Fifty thousand people in the country that have it, so it's such a small thing. There's not a insane demand to find a cure. There's, an, you know, right. Um, so scientists don't know what what causes it, but it's a story similar to mine of a girl who gets a severe case of it, and then you know tries to live a life and also try to find a way back to her passion with this insanely debilitating condition that affects the tools she needs. The most
0: wow um, but
2: it's called cookie uh, you can youtube cookie short film it should pop up immediately
0: we'll put a link below for anyone yeah it'd be on awesome our, you know um yeah it's on um chain. on leto right i'm yeah yeah
1: yeah congratulations awesome. can... like,
0: that's re- really very yeah. hard to first of all, and set something and then carry through and then have it actually become something. And, and it's all the better when it's an actual, a real legitimate story. And yeah, that sounds man, great. it was, it, sounds it great. was very uh,
2: therapeutic because yeah. for years before that, I had never like gone public about having the condition. Like I, I was terrified of what that would, the opening that door would become like taking that red pill. Um mm. But like, it's been the best thing I could have ever done. My life and career shifted, started shifting completely after I just let, literally let go of it. You know, like, I think we all deal with things like, I wish I I looked different or I wish I sounded different. Or I think that like, you know, once we can like learn to stop hating those things about ourselves and start loving them, like your, you, your world will start changing. And it literally has for me, um, not overnight, but like, if I go back from the the day I opened up to now, it's like, yeah, things started changing for real.
0: It's amazing when you start owning yourself and loving yourself, just how like you nestle into your place in this world a little easier. And it's really hard. And there's no coincidence that it's one of the hardest things to do to come to terms with who you are and to say, this is me, you know, um, congratulations to you oh, on everything. Thanks, and uh, you've been thank a wonderful you. guest and I know our, um, our listeners have learned a lot. So thank you so much for being here. This has been great. And where can people uh, find you online?
2: Yeah. I mean, just search on sh- social media, Shane Hartline, I should pop up um, past that. Yeah. Check out cookie. Um, just YouTube cookie, short film. I think that's and watch station 19 when it returns February 24th on ABC.
1: Lovely.
0: Shane, thanks so much. Shane,
1: congratulations on everything, thanks, man. man. Um, We love stories like this where, you know, you we get to hear about all those years of hustle and hard work in hard years. And then, you know, like you were saying, you just never know. And then something yeah. happens and it's like, finally, it's my
0: my card is
1: being drawn and we just, we love stories like this. Yeah. It never gets old,
0: Adam. It never gets old to us. (laughs) I love hearing the story of a victory over like struggle. Love it.
1: Oh man. This has been
2: so awesome. Thanks guys. Thank you guys. Thank you
0: so much for, for joining us. We really
1: appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Anytime guys.
1: Take care, Shane. Thanks man. Bye. What a gem. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I just said, like I, I just, You know, we've had so many of them on the show, but I I, I love stories like that where it's like, these years were really hard (laughs) and really, really,
0: really important. They were also so important, right? Yeah, exactly. We feel Um, uh, when we were talking about like the acting and, and the number one struggle and the how do we take the carrot when it's taken away. That's like part of the job and and I don't know why they don't say that tell you that in acting school before you they shove you out, you know, take your check. <laughs> they don't say like, "Oh, by the way, it's going to be terrible for some part." Biserable. But you're yeah. going it's going to be great, but part of the job is like getting hit, just like boxing. I mean, yeah. Even Ali got hit, you know? <laughs> That's yeah, just part and it, of you
1: know, it's, it's, it's the, you know, so much of this surviving this business is the mentality that it takes to survive. And Isn't you got like to know the battle? if I keep going, keep going, keep going, someday it will be my turn. And then you're going to look back at all those years and think, wow, that really shaped me. And I am who I am because of those years. And now that I have whatever that success is, you know, it kind of makes it all. Worth it to some degree, but yeah, um, it will be your turn one day.
0: Thanks, man. Not you. Oh, my Lord. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us again on uh, this lovely um, Monday. You can find out more about Before the Break and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com. Follow us on Instagram at beforethebreakpod and workingactorpro. Check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com. Follow him at thatadamdecarlo. You can see my stuff at tommybeardmore.com. You can follow me at Tommy Beyond. Don't forget, don't forget to quit chapribes. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a rating, write a review if you like what you heard. Check back next week for an all-new episode with an all-new guest. Adam, adios, adieu, buen finitos, bye.
1: vida, zen, asshole. <laughs> bye,
0: Tommy. Yeah, later. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sturley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.